With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. April 4, 1977, Traverse City Record Eagle. A nationwide child pornography racket is hiding behind the moral aura and tax-exempt status of a church. A four-month investigation conducted by the Record Eagle has determined that the Church of the New Revelation of Kearney, New Jersey is tied to an underground network that uses young boys for homosexual and pornographic purposes. The investigation has further disclosed that the church and several other organizations like it have been granted income tax exemptions by the Internal Revenue Service, which considered them to be charitable organizations. It was also learned that principals behind the homosexual pornography racket had duped at least two states into paying for the care of children while they were used for homosexual and pornographic purposes. Plans to apply for similar aid in other states, including Michigan, were in the works before they were uncovered by police. This new information reinforces the theory held by law enforcement and child care authorities across the country that child pornography is not the work of a few sick amateurs, but of interconnecting organizations designed to profit substantially through the exploitation of children. It seems to be like spider webs strung out all over the nation, says Mason Spong, a New Orleans juvenile detective. Three supposedly charitable organizations have already been pinpointed by police as alleged fronts for the production of pornography using young boys. They are Boy Scout Troop 137 of New Orleans, Boys Farm Inc. of Alto, Tennessee, and Brother Paul's Children's Mission located on North Fox Island, which is part of Leelanau County, just off Grand Traverse Bay in northern Michigan. You're listening to You Know They Know from the files of the Oakland County Child Killer Investigation with J. Ruben Appleman, author of The Kill Jar, a chronicle of 10 years investigating Detroit's most notorious serial killer case, published by Simon & Schuster, the Kill Jar was the springboard for the Investigation Discovery TV show Children of the Snow, now on Hulu. You Know They Know is brought to you from the KRBX studios in Boise, Idaho, with music from Patrick Benolkin. I'm J. Ruben Appleman. From the time I began researching the Oakland County child killings, a series of abduction murders in the 1970s outside of Detroit, Michigan, to the time my book The Kill Jar was finished, 10 years had passed. This podcast was partially born in response to readers of The Kill Jar and viewers of Children of the Snow asking for more, and it was also greatly born from the compelling evidence that indicates this case should have been solved years ago, leading me and others to wonder, was it? Today you heard from a 1977 news article titled, Porno Ring Uses Church and Tax Laws. They tell you to follow the money, which essentially is what that article ends up being about. You've heard that phrase before, follow the money. In this case, Christopher Bush, our main suspect who I've talked about 
already in two or three of the previous episodes, was the son of a wealthy General Motors executive. Detroit was the epicenter of wealth, and GM at that time was the epicenter of Detroit, and possibly GM was the epicenter of the entire country, much in the way that uh, Big Oil or Big Pharma or Big Tech become the epicenters for a while. Christopher Bush was a rich kid who went to school with rich kids overseas, and when he came home, he began to molest children. I'm going to talk about his school in another episode. For now, it's safe to say that, metaphorically at least, whoever dropped the ball in this case did so because they were thrown a brick of gold to catch instead. That's a metaphor, maybe, for corruption in general, but there are other antennas sticking out from the body of Christopher Bush. Up north off of Michigan's western coast was North Fox Island and its haven for pedophiles and the money that built it came from Francis, a.k.a. Frank Sheldon, who had set up this island as a so-called camp for young, troubled boys who were shipped off to be made better and instead were routinely molested. Frank Sheldon came from old Detroit money, aristocrat money, captain of industry money, and we know that Christopher Bush had ties to him. On the show with me today is Anya Kane, senior reporter for Business Insider, who just a few months ago wrote about Frank Sheldon for Business Insider. Anya, thanks for doing the podcast and um, talk to me about how you came to write about Frank Sheldon and Fox Island and, and what you discovered. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Um, so yes, I write about retail normally for Business Insider, so quite quite different from, from this case. Uh, but I was compelled to write this article uh, after the Jeffrey Epstein uh, scandal broke. And as somebody who listens to a lot of crime podcasts and reads a lot about crime, I just, I mean, I knew right away that there were so many insane parallels to uh, the case of North Fox Island and Francis Sheldon. So I um, ended up kind of uh, moving off my beat a little bit to write this. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's about, it's a story about, both stories are really about how money and power and influence uh, can really um, do a number on, you know, systems that are supposed to protect the most vulnerable amongst us. Um, so uh, it was the Epstein scandal that really prompted me to jump into this. Um, in terms of what I found, I mean, it's just, it's one of the, it's a horrifying story. Uh, you have this um, millionaire basically weaponizing uh, things like philanthropy, his own wealth, his own connections, in order to prey upon uh, children. Um, in, in that way, there's just insane parallels to Epstein today. And I think one thing that I found in, in talking with you and talking with others who followed um, the North Fox Island case is just that you know, nothing ever changes, and we have we still have so far to go when it comes to holding the powerful accountable, uh, even for the worst kinds of crimes. Let um, let's 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 people. Yeah, let, sorry to interrupt you. Um, let let's oh, no, no. let's back up for just a second and and give like a little uh, recap. I mean, most people know what what went on with the Epstein's situation, but let's let's recap it a little bit. You you probably are. are 
more suited to do that than I am since you since you just recently spent so much time looking into it. What what do, what do we know about the Epstein thing briefly in a couple of minutes? Definitely. Epstein um, was a sort of reclusive um, but very well-connected millionaire uh, who sort of came out of nowhere, worked at Bear Stearns um, back in the day after working as a, as a public school teacher, um, sort of becomes this self-made man figure because you know, he, doesn't, he never went to college, um, becomes very close with Les Wexner of L Brands, uh, the company that owns Victoria's Secret. Um, buys his own, uh, you know, mansions in uh, Palm Beach, uh, has his own islands. He has two Caribbean islands called Big and Little St. James. Um, is that the guy that is that the guy that also owns like uh, champagne companies and things like that? Wexner? Yeah, am I might get potentially. No, you, I mean, I'm actually not sure. I know Victoria's Secret's the big one that everyone always mentions okay. in terms of being consumer-facing, but, you know, definitely a very powerful uh, business person and, uh, and a large business. Um, and, you know, so, so Epstein is cultivating all these ties and having these parties on his island and in his mansion. And um, what it, it turns out, as, as Julie K. Brown's reporting for the Miami Herald revealed, uh, is that he was preying on um, young girls and using his influence and his ties to sort of eventually when the police did come knocking to work out a sweetheart deal for himself so he got out of jail very quickly. And it was only recently that his sort of spider's web sort of t- started to fray and uh, the FBI came knocking. Um, he was arrested for sex trafficking and um, he was going to be facing a, a lengthy trial p- process where he, when he killed himself while being held uh, in a New York City prison. So, um, so the trial won't proceed. And uh, I think what I understand the feeling of a lot of the victims is that they've been kind of robbed this opportunity to see this person face justice. Sure. Not surprising. So, <clears throat> so he had this island. Um what a, you know, we've heard a lot of things about the island, Epstein's Island. Um, I, I think they, I, well, they called his jet like Lolita Air or something like that. But, mm-hmm. but his island, uh, they had a name for that too. I can't remember what it was. Uh, uh, Pedophile Island. Pedophile <laughs> Island, sure. Easy to remember. Um, and basically, um, from what my understanding is, is that, um, you know, on on private planes, he would cart people into this island and, and, um, you know, when you're in and do various sexual things with them or to them. And, and, um, we don't know exactly yet what went down on this island. Um, and, and I read recently that there was a, a fire on, on the island. Um, I don't know if you know much about that, but it, but it, um, it was reported anyway, that there was a fire and I never followed up on it. Um, this is maybe a week or a week and a half ago or something, but, um, the, what we do know based on like secondhand information or for what you could call firsthand accounting from survivors or, or whatever, um, that, um, uh, apparently, uh, young girls were, uh, you know, I'm, t- I'm always tempted to not use the word molested. Um, a rape is a fucking rape. And, you know, um, we, we, we talk about molested, 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 and it kind of like waters down what actually happened. But, but 
from our from what we understand there were there were there were women on that young women on that island i don't know their ages i don't know how young some reported to be 16 17 things like that a lot i've heard younger um basically the point is that i'm trying to get at when you're on an island you can't leave the island um you're at the mercy of the people who flew you in and um there are parallels there that I want to talk about, but that's basically the re- the recap of of the Epstein thing. Now you were I interrupted you. You were talking about um, Fox Island. Let's get back to that. Um, my understanding of Fox Island is 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 um, uh, goes way back. I know a lot about Fox Island. I wrote about Fox Island in in the Kill Jar. We talked about Fox Island quite a bit on um, Children of the Snow. We did shot on Fox Island with one of the survivors of Fox Island. Um, I'm interested in hearing your sort of recap of Fox Island because you come to it much later through ties to the Epstein thing, um, that which is so interesting that 40 years later, uh, Frank Sheldon and Fox Island still still uh, are still relevant because this kind of thing still goes on. But I want to know how you like sort of dug into Fox Island, what you found, um, maybe from the very beginning. Certainly. Um, well, I can I, I can say you know looking through uh, old newspaper clippings. Um, and and police files, you know, it sort of paints a picture of what this North Fox Island operation was. So it's um, it's a just a for the for starting from the beginning, it's an island that's about I think 17 miles off the coast of Michigan. Um, it, North Fox Island, you know, it, there's also a South Fox Island, but North Fox Island is the one that um, Sheldon bought in. Uh, I believe it was 1960. Uh, he purchased this, this from an elderly wi- widow. Interestingly enough, he outbid the, uh, outbid the state of Michigan for it. So um, Sheldon bid like $20,000, and I think Michigan was going to give her 3500 hmm. So he clearly wanted this island, did not did not want the state of Michigan to come knocking again, essentially. Um, he sets about uh, constructing this uh 3,000-foot runway. Um, he claimed to have built it himself. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he had some help. Um, and then starts doing things like uh, establishing dirt trails. Um, at the time of uh, w- once the police start getting involved investigating him, uh, he apparently had about four or five cottages, I believe. Um, keeps a jeep on the island to get around. Uh, he he actually does some kind of strange things. He 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 brings in white-tailed deer to the island, um, which he later told the Detroit Free Press in 1975 that was a move that he regretted because um, he felt squeamish when his friends would come over and hunt the deer, and they were always, I guess, eating everything as deer are wont to do. Hmm. Um, so this is kind of his home away from home, it sounds like. Um, one kind of real look into his public face is this Detroit Free Press uh, article from 1975. It's basically a profile on Sheldon um, and, and sort of, again, the face that he's showing to the world. He comes across like this kind of quirky millionaire who uh, is kind of a loner, um, really enjoys things like learning about shipwrecks and geology, um, is very science-oriented, um, and just has this island, and wow, what a kind of a neat guy this is. Um you know, it just kind of uh, like a quirky little profile. 
Um, sure, and he was he was known to be like a sort of a, like you say, quirky. He 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 was he was um you know he was very active in the Detroit sort of what they call philanthropic community. Um, he served on several boards and things like that, and. Um, so this profile that you, you mentioned in this article in 1975, this would be, just for listeners, this is uh, r- roughly, well, it's in the year before the Oakland County child killings began, um, a public profile of, of a great, interesting, cool man, basically, who owns this funky island. Um, and presumably it mentioned what he does on the island as in the charitable sense of uh, running it as a camp and things like that. Um, so what, what, what do we know about, uh, Frank Sheldon prior to this, let's say pre article, I mean, where does he come from way back? Certainly. Um, so his family is the upper crust of the upper crust in Michigan. Um, he's a descendant of Russell Alger, I think Mm -hmm. I'm saying that right. Yeah, Um, Alger. Who is this, yeah, he was, he's this lumber baron, was the 20th governor of Michigan, uh, he served as the Secretary of War under William McKinley, um, helped establish the Edison Electric Light Company in Detroit. Um, uh, you know, and, and beyond Alger, Sheldon's descendants, I'm sorry, Sheldon's ancestors also um, constructed uh, this fancy area called Rosedale Park in Michigan. Um, they were very big names in Gross Point. They helped uh, establish a war memorial there. His parents did. So it's not just that this is a, something in the distant past. Um, at the time, you know, when Sheldon was growing up and when he was uh, living his life, they were still considered very high up in Michigan society. Um, and yeah, they basically had this like incredible pedigree yeah. uh, and moved in the highest circles. So what, when do we start finding out, I mean, in your research, when, when did you, uh, when did it seem that Sheldon's sort of, what, what was really going on in the island started to unravel? What was it, was it, um, what did you find? Right. Well, I mean, it all kind of comes down to this trip, uh, that a group of young boys took to the island from July 12th to July 14th in 1976. So to kind of recap what happens, um, these kids are all uh, students at St. Joseph's. They're four boys. Um, they are all acquainted with uh, or friendly with a man named um, Gerald Richards, who is a gym teacher there, uh, moonlights as a uh, magician, and kind of preys upon young boys, as it turns out. He's eventually convicted of this. But, but to kind of stay in the present... Um, he kind of lures these kids in with a promise of a cool trip to an island with his good friend, uh, gets permission from all the parents. Uh, it seems like a fun excursion for their kids, so they say yes. Um, and in some cases, it was almost kind of a gift for the kids in, ex- you know, in exchange for them helping uh, him hand out flyers for his uh, uh, run for the county commissioner seat. So he's a kind of aspiring politician, too. Um, they meet Sheldon at St. Clair Airport, and Sheldon picks them all up, and they uh, fly off to the island in his um, twin-engine uh, aircraft that he has. He uh, was a former Michigan airman um, and, you know, is a pilot and can fly this plane. Uh, so they all get to the island, um, and... Uh, 
basically as the as the police file says, um, you know, these two grown men use this as, as an opportunity to um, prey upon these boys. Uh, yeah, the, specifically with with one of the kids, um, the the police file holds that um, Sheldon would make him sleep in his bed with him, even though there were open beds elsewhere, and that he um, tried to rape him, but the kid fought back. So, um, the kid, uh, one of the kids, ends up telling their parents what happened once they get back, and that sparks this investigation um, into what what they were doing on the island um, and into Sheldon himself and, and the sort of uh, connections he was cultivating all throughout the country uh, in terms of um, child pornography and what he and his, like, would call the boy lovers movement, um, which was just pedophilia. Um, so that's how it kind of starts to unravel in the summer of 1976. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, ties... You, you, I forget your phrasing, but you mentioned some ties nationally, basically. And, you know, all throughout the um, Oakland County child killer files that we that we have been given access to through FOIA requests and things like that. I mean, there are there are thousands of pages that we don't have access to um, because they refuse to um, hand them over. And uh, they they claim, like in, in lots of cases, that. Um, they will give them to you if you pay a certain fee, and that fee, um, I have a uh, I have a letter from uh, uh, the Michigan State Police to uh, one uh, in response to one request, and that letter indicates that 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 they will hand over the files uh, for the sum of uh, something like eight hundred and ninety thousand dollars is what they claim it costs them to reproduce the files and have somebody redact them. Um, uh, but so we don't have all of the files, but but in the files that we have, um, there are many, many, many uh, uh, indicators of these national uh, links to uh, Frank Sheldon um, and others in the Detroit area. For, for instance, I'm looking at um, I guess this is titled State of Michigan Complaint Report. Um, but, you know, sometimes these titles, it's like I don't I don't even know what they're talking about half the time because um because then what follows is just some random notes. But uh, violation, uh, nature of complaint, violation of criminal sexual conduct. Uh, information was received from the Tennessee Bureau of Criminal Identification that they had closed a, quote, boys farm, which had been engaged in, a crim- in criminal sexual conduct. During the course of their investigation, a, quote, sponsors list uh, was found, and the below four subjects on the list were found to live in the Detroit area. It was requested by the complainant that the subjects be contacted and interviewed about their knowledge of the farm. The four suspects are as followed as follows. White male number one redacted white male number two redacted male number three redacted white male number four redacted. So all throughout all throughout the the files, there are um, huge statements uh, a sponsor's a sponsor list was found in the below four suspects were found to live in the Detroit area. No names. Um, mm-hmm. But but these are sponsors of uh, the boys farm in Tennessee. Or we have lists of sponsors of or we have no- notations of sponsors of uh, the Fox Island uh, camp uh, and then redacted any any time there's a, uh, something close to a name mentioned. Um, but uh, and we have this from 
from porn rings uh, operating in Illinois, New Jersey, New York. Um, all the names are redacted uh, in the files that were given to us. Um, but the documents, you can do a little, you can do a little sleuthing, and and the documents clearly tie often tie back to what was going on in Fox Island. And you mentioned um, Dyer Grossman uh, as being the the um, or I'm sorry, Gerald Richards as being the um, the uh, gym teacher who had brought those boys to Fox Island. We have other people. I mentioned a guy named Dyer Grossman, um, and 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 um, and we have another guy named Adam Starchild, which maybe we have time to talk about, maybe we don't. But but basically, um, and and if we do, we'll get into that in the next few minutes. But basically, Frank Sheldon. Just to recap, um, Frank Sheldon comes from. Old Detroit aristocratic money. Um, his 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 uh, kin were in, uh, or his ancestors were in, were in big politics and big business. Um, and uh, he comes uh, up north in Michigan and buys a private island. We talk about Fox Island being off the coast. It's it's in it's like a five hour drive north uh, west from Detroit. Um, far enough that you know you. It takes a while to get there. You're not just going to dip. If you're law enforcement, you're not just going to dip over there and check it out within an hour or two. Um, it's it's a it's a big to do to go up there and check it out. You also have to get there by private plane or by boat or um, in in uh, that's basically it. And um, uh, very secluded. He buys this island, and what he's doing when we talk about oh he's sexually assaulting boys up there um, in the news articles say you know homosexual activity forcing them into homosexual activity and things like that um that's the least of it what he's also doing is um photographing this stuff and uh uh creating uh pornographic films eight millimeter films um and uh um uh, binding magazines. They had like, you know, there were publications. He was sending stuff out to these networks that people, subscribers at the, you know, subscriber to the island, uh, to, I'm sorry, to things like, um, to the camp mean, mean that you're giving them money to keep going. And then in, in exchange, they connect you to this child por- pornography world, uh, i.e., uh, um, sending you photos and duplications of tapes and things like that. And, um, evidence was, uh, seized from, uh, suspects like Gerald Richards and, 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 uh, this Dyer Grossman character and, um, um, and that evidence in general can be said to be like, uh, Pornography, child porn, and just much in the same way as as um, child porn was um, seized from Christopher Bush. Um, you know, basically, it's a it's a network of people who have boxes of eight millimeter films of kids being raped, and and um, what you would think would be the logical step, um, which is what they do now. It's it's a horrendous job. I can't imagine anybody um, doing this for their career, although it's the most noble of things to do somebody would be looking through that pornography to identify victims to identify um scenes where these things took place to find potentially currently missing uh victims um you know when you have a 10 year old being uh, uh 
filmed in sexual positions and things like this. This is this is um, not always somebody who just goes home. This is somebody who's often missing from home. Um, and and the next logical step would be to uh, finally comb through this evidence to find people uh, who are currently missing, to know what happened to those who uh, may may have been returned quote safely, although that's probably never the right term for them anymore. Um, but um, and also to identify perpetrators of the crimes and to uh, uh, scour for evidence that that can put them away and all this. So the next logical thing when 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 seizing this kind of this evidence from people who are engaged in these porn rings is to is to sort through that evidence as if it's a crime scene because it is and. Um, all of the evidence that we've gone asking for um, has been reported to have been lost or destroyed. So you have in this in this case. Um, do you know of any evidence like that was seized for? Let's start. Let's well. Let's let's back up. I'll talk about Christopher Bush for just a second. Then I want to get back to because I talk about him all the time. I want to get back to this for a second. Yeah. Chris Christopher Bush's evidence was was uh, destroyed and lost. So uh, eight millimeter films, uh, photographs of children. Um, all destroyed or lost, and that is the key evidence that could convict somebody. Who's who's in that footage? We don't know. What what victim is in that footage? We don't know. And what perpetrators in that footage? We don't know. Where that footage was taken? We don't know. Who else it identified as uh, possibly being complicit in what was happening? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. All the way through all. All of the the, pri- the primary evidence in this case, almost like you know, I was just watching Narcos, and and there's a scene in uh, where Escobar hires guerrillas to go burn down, basically the the room that stores all the evidence against him, and and that's kind of what happens here. Um, there's all this evidence that could convict all kinds of people possibly, and we don't know where it is because it was destroyed or lost or whatever whatever they want to tell us um what do you know about what was confiscated in in raids of 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 the island or sheldon or whatever um so in terms of uh physical evidence um i know that you know in conjunction to this entire investigation which also i'll note ends up looping some um, a similar operation in Tennessee into it, and the Michigan police begin corresponding with Tennessean investigators. So sometimes when you're looking through the whole har- files, or at least in my case, it's a bit hard to know what exactly they're talking about or where exactly this um, this child pornography was uh, shot or confiscated. Um, but they find a package of 12 color magazines of child porn and um, a box of 18 reels of what they describe as obscene eight millimeter movies, um, of, of also child pornography. Um, and they also, uh, so Gerald Richards, the teacher we talked about earlier, he's arrested once this investigation starts getting underway. Um, and while investigators say that he um, clearly idealized uh, Sheldon, and wanted to protect him in the beginning, he ends up, uh, to use your word, diamond on him pretty quickly uh, and starts kind of explaining this sort of web of uh, this underground child pornography uh, industry, essentially. 
Um, but in terms of the, the hard evidence that they have regarding this, uh, it's that it's those two boxes, the one with the magazines and the one with uh, the uh, reels of 8mm film. And do we have any idea, did, did you stumble into any uh, notion that that, that footage is, is still exists? Or it's oh, just kind of mentioned? Question. It's mentioned. I don't know if it still exists. I, that's a great, great question. So Frank's um, or what they did with it, right? Yeah. When, when it, it, my impression is that it no longer exists. When when asking for it, it can't be found. At the very least, it, they claim it can't be found. Granted, that was forty years ago, but uh, guaranteed, it wasn't forty years ago for the kids who were on those those uh, films being being raped. Um, guaranteed for them, it was yesterday. So. When police, you know, police say, well, it's a long time ago, man. We don't know what we did with it. Um, uh, I don't I don't necessarily think that's the. Um, there should have been a little bit more forethought uh, uh, when you're talking about rape victims who uh, see no justice. Um, you know, the the Frank Sheldon, speaking of no justice, um, we, we know that he he got tipped off to the fact that Grossman or I'm sorry that, um, Gerald Richards was diming on him and, um, he absconded. Uh, he took off. Um, there's, there's my research said that he went to a, a, a couple of places. First he went to like Antigua or first he went to Colorado, Aspen and then Antigua or something. And then, and then eventually was out, out in the Netherlands. Do you know anything about where he ended up? Yeah, so um so yes, he he fled Michigan once Richards told him that the game was up um in his private Piper Seneca and remember he's a he's a licensed pilot. So he doesn't he doesn't need to loop anyone in on this. Um unlike Epstein who's, who's whose pilots are, you know, have been deposed in this investigation. So he just flies off um uh, the uh one one thing I want to shout out is the Traverse City Record Eagle, a local newspaper. Um they had a reporter named Marilyn Wright who really stuck with this story and, and clearly like fought fought to tell it because um, she she does the most uh, in depth reporting on this um, out of any anyone. Uh, but she ends up um, calling his uh, Aspen cottage and asking where Sheldon is, um, and the housekeeper there tells her that um, he's in Majorica, I guess, off the coast of Spain. That's what the police file says, at least. Um, his plane ends up in, in Arizona. Uh, they kind of come come onto it uh, in February of 1977, and it's being flown around by a guy who is not Sheldon and who says um, he bought the airplane from Sheldon, uh, you know, I guess before Sheldon totally absconded. Sheldon also begins sending out letters uh, through through Detroit, through New Jersey, seemingly, um, so yeah, he's very hard to pin down in this time, uh, as he's kind of running and there's a lot of rumors about where he is. Uh, his family, as we mentioned, has this Aspen Lodge and this Antigua estate. Uh, at one point when he's being interviewed, Richards says that, uh, he believes Sheldon is living, like living large in Antigua and has all these servants there and, you know, all of, all his cares can be taken care of there. So, you know, he, he, he's just uh, been alleged to have committed this heinous crime against children, and he 
sort of is able to go off and live in luxury. Um, and and what, yes, Amsterdam, uh, later police files place him in Amsterdam. Um, I think by way of France, I believe it's mentioned in one of the files later on that he managed to stay in the country by marrying a French uh, sex worker. So he's he's definitely... Uh, he's he's uh, he's gone by the time uh, these uh, police are starting to file these uh, arrest warrants for him. And uh, same with his friend Dyer Grossman, who um, also came from a wealthy family. In his case, from New York, New Jersey area. Uh, like Sheldon, he's a he's an Ivy League grad. He went to Cornell. Sheldon went to Yale. So they're both very well connected. Uh, the police files indicate that. Uh, Grossman, though, wasn't with Sheldon. He went to California and then subsequently to Washington. And at least in the files that I've seen, that's where we sort of lose Grossman. But um, yeah, Sheldon Sheldon gets away with it. He, he flees and they never are able to extradite him. Yeah, there was there's something like so he by, by the way, related to the Oakland County Child Killer case. Uh, and all of this will be, we're going to tie it together here momentarily, but, but Frank Sheldon, for those wondering, was gone before, uh, the murder of Mark Stebbins. Um, Frank Sheldon is not looked at as, um, somebody who, um, may have murdered, uh, either of the four kids that were, uh, known to be related to the Oakland County child killings, um, or, to be the kids killed by the Oakland County child killers, um, plural. And, um, uh, but, uh, so he was gone. So he was, he had absconded. He was in the Netherlands, uh, at least gone probably in the Netherlands prior to already prior to Mark Stebbins abduction and murder. Um, for starters, how did, you know, I want to address how he, how he, how he got there, how he, how somebody gets away with this kind of shit. Um, he runs a, he runs a camp on an Island for, uh, allegedly, uh, running it for, to, to, to help out kids. He's a known philanthropist. Um, he brings them under his wing because, you know, if you've ever been around fame and power and, and lots and lots of money, um, it's seductive. You want to be a part of it because something about being taken under the wing by, by people of power and means makes you feel good. It makes you feel worth what they're offering. And, and that's the, the trouble with, with huge, huge, uh, disparities between, between the, the wealthy and the poor, the, the wealthy. I mean, there's a perfect, Oh, sorry. I, I, I'm just going to interject. Yeah. There was a perfect example in this case of that happening where, um, uh, Marilyn Wright reports for the Traverse City Record Eagle that while he's on the lam, Sheldon sends out a postcard to a young man in Michigan. Uh, we can infer, her reporting never states this outright, but we can infer it was potentially one of his potential victims. Um, just letting him know that I'm going to take care of you. Uh, you know, I'm going to still pay for your college, don't worry. And unfortunately, uh, her reporting indicates that the young man killed himself uh, shortly thereafter. So yeah, I mean it's 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 Sheldon using his wealth and power to kind of keep victims even after you know after he's gone under his wing and, and in this case with just absolutely devastating results. Hmm. Yeah, and so these are these are people who 
they know how to use their wealth and power to seduce, to keep people uh, wrapped up in their web and to also um, open doors to them through even just hints of promises and things like that. So you think, how do these wealthy people get away with it? Well, we know it's money. You can just pay people off. But also people tend to believe in them because in, in believing in that wealthy powerful person. It's a way of believing in oneself too. Because if I believe that this guy is as good as he's, he's said he is, then his, his appreciation for me makes me believe that I'm as good as I feel I should be. And, and, and there's that, that power dynamic, just like superior at the workplace and, and intern or president and intern. (laughs) Um, uh, but, but, um, so all that said, uh, Frank Sheldon is able to abscond, but how does he also get his money? It's really interesting. He gets his money, uh, continues to, money continues to flow th- to him through the workings of, of, we won't get to Adam Starchild. I'll do him in another episode, but the workings of a guy named Adam Starchild who um, becomes a sort of financial manipulator for him um, in terms of identity and trusts and things like that. Um, and also these lawyers. So currently... Uh, they're, they're living, living council, I believe still in Detroit who are in charge of overseeing, um, Frank Sheldon's money and, uh, the family trust and, and, uh, pipelines of cash from, from, from the state of Michigan to the Netherlands. And this, this was in a time, uh, when, when a, I mean, this is, this is, they are able to legally do this somehow for a guy who has absconded from from justice for the charges of, of raping and photographing uh, the children he raped. And um, we can't extradite him because he had absconded prior to, uh, I think it was 83 when there was 1983, when there was a extradition uh, agreement between uh, the Netherlands and, and America or something like that. So he manages to stay over there. We can't extradite him. And do you know, do you remember when he dies? It was like 95 or 93 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe it was 90, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was 96 in Amsterdam. So he ends up dead, no no, no legal penalties uh, imposed against this guy, never sees jail time for any of what he's done, never sees a day in court, witnesses don't get to speak, etc., um, on their behalf, and and... What people don't talk about, they say, oh, he got away with that shit in Michigan. What they don't talk about is that there must be hundreds, if not thousands, of new victims in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. This guy never went to jail for any of this shit that he did, and he lived uh, almost another 20 years. And we know know that, that the Netherlands, Amsterdam, specifically is, is a hotbed for... Uh, sex work and and we know now for sex trafficking even though it's legal there um i mean there's a good argument to be made that legalization of sex work only provides more cover for those who are actually trafficked because if you're looking at a brothel and you're the in your in your law enforcement you go to that brothel and you you inspect it for whether or not it's meeting code whether or not the workers are getting tested whether or not um everybody's got their their papers in place etc 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 but they're not looking at it as as strictly as they would uh, when, in a place where prostitution is illegal. So if you're in a city like um, where you are and prostitution is illegal and there's a known brothel, um, 
if people are going to look at that brothel and go, what, what the hell is going on here? This looks like a brothel. And then they're going to invade it. They're going to, they're going to, uh, investigate and then they're going to, uh, enter and realize, yeah, it's a fucking brothel and all these people are trafficked when it's a legal place, when it's a legal brothel, it provides cover for those who are actually trafficked. So not all those women, we know this for a fact, not all those women and girls are, are that are working in sex, sex places of, of sex work in, in Amsterdam, for instance, are actually there uh, of their own of their own will. Um, they're brought in from from other countries around Europe, trafficked into those legal brothels, which provide cover for the trafficker. Um, so anyway, uh, homeboy is is over in in a place that's that's known for 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 sex work, sex tourism, trafficking, and things like that for twenty years. I mean, how much did he how much did he do for over there for for the almost twenty years that he was. Uh, living in a place that's actually cheaper to live in than Michigan. <laughs> so Gosh. we don't know anything about the hundreds of victims that are over there. I mean, I'll say one thing that I found that was inconclusive, so I didn't uh, include it in my story, but was chilling nonetheless. Um, I think I showed it to you, too. Um, there's a book review on Amazon, <laughs> which doesn't sound very exciting, but it's, a, it's for this book of poems. Um, and one of the reviewers on the on the you know, official reviews section of the pages. Francis Sheldon of Amsterdam's Acolyte Press. And um, what we know about Acolyte Press is that it was a uh, quote-unquote boy love press. So it was advocating for pedophilia and um, advocating this this narrative that uh, pedophilia isn't harmful and it's totally natural and it should be accepted um, by society. So, yeah, to your point of, I mean, he, he wasn't just potentially um, harming victims in, in Amsterdam and everywhere he went. He was actually trying to advocate to mainstream this crime, these crimes against children. So, yeah, I mean, he was a dangerous, dangerous person. You know, in many ways, these yeah. people, these people that are like this, they operate in such with such aplomb or whatever. It, it, they, they, um, they're so um, they're unabashedly public facing of of this what most people consider to be evil and 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 just completely completely wrong and not not to get into politics right now or something but but as an example we have like our our current president saying things like um uh, i think there's when when judges are ruling against him he says can can we get rid of these judges is there a way to to reduce the number of judges uh you know it just makes these you know, public statements like, I don't think there should be judges. Or um, uh, we have this guy I mentioned again, uh, I'll mention him again, uh, Adam Starchild. Um, we're going to, listeners are going to want to know who this guy is now that I've mentioned him six times and I haven't said a damn word about really how he plays into this. But but um, he's a guy who is writing in pub- self-publishing books on how to change your identity. And he's living as Adam Starchild, which is a... a <laughs> A, a false identity for who he really was, which was which was uh, Malcolm McConaughey, uh, uh, a a a known uh, sex offender listed in the perversion files of the Boy Scouts. Um, so he changes his identity, then writes books on how to change your identity, and um, publishes them under his false identity. And uh, these people are—they're basically—they uh, are um, people who have gamed the system know that there's nothing that can be done to them as long as they play within 
uh, within the rules of the game. And they move from er- area to area, continuing to victimize. Um, and, and, no, and they're untouchable, basically. Um, we, look, we, we read about them 40 years later and we go, how the hell did that happen? Much in the same way we read about the Holocaust 40 years later and go, how the hell did that happen? Like all this shit, how the hell did that happen? But we look back at it 40 years ago and we think, we think God, there were, there were 50 ways we could have stopped this and nobody did. And, um, but Christopher Bush... Um, uh, Christopher Bush is, is our connection to Frank Sheldon. People say, were the Oakland County child killings related to this vast child pornography syndicate? And I say to you, yes. I say to you, there's a lot of, a lot of reasons to believe so, even without knowing so. But we also have many, many people in the, in the documents for the OCCK, um, that, that, uh, were suspects questioned by Detroit cops and Oakland County cops and, uh, Livonia and, and Wayne County and Oakland County, um, uh, inter- uh, interrogation transcripts from all those counties of suspects, uh, saying, yeah, yeah, in multiple cases, people saying, yeah, yeah, Christopher Bush knew those people. In fact, Christopher Bush, we know, was a sponsor of, of Fox Island. Um, we, have, we have other people saying, oh, if you want to know what happened to those Oakland County kids, you got to go up north and look at that stuff. Um, we have um, all kinds of, of suspects indicating these things. And what that means is that just like we've been saying throughout, throughout, the, throughout the podcast series, throughout the like I said in my book over and over, like, like we said in the TV show, um, this was not somebody who abducted kids, held them by himself or herself, uh, did whatever he or she did to the kids by themselves, um, and then decided to kill them. These kids were abducted all evidence points to the fact that these kids were abducted Multiple people in that child pornography circuit in the Detroit area knew what happened to them. And it's very, very, very likely uh, that they were they were used for child pornography purposes prior to their death. And 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 we know for a fact that Christopher Bush was a trafficker in child pornography. We know for a fact that Frank Sheldon was a trafficker in child pornography. And we know for a fact that all traffickers in child pornography at that time, especially in that small area, especially new and interactive with with each other by the nature of the business. If you're selling tires to car to 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 auto manufacturers, um if you're making tires and selling them to automakers, you're going to know all the automakers. If you're making ch- child porn and selling it to child porn consumers, you're going to know the consumers. I mean, this is how it functioned uh as a as an industry. This is this makes sense. Christopher Bush was wealthy. He went to the school uh, with with a private school overseas with enormously wealthy people. His parents were enormously connected in the Detroit area. Um, Frank Sheldon's family was enormously connected in the Detroit area. They knew each other. They intermingled. This makes sense without even having evidence or, 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 or suspect statements from other people. This just makes sense. Then you add in um, the four, the five, or six places in the documents where it's noted that Christopher Bush uh, w- was connected to Fox Island through the exchange of pornography and such. Um, all of these people knew each other, interacted with each other, depended on each other for the, for, uh, the consumption of, of child porn and the production of child porn. And, and we know for a fact that, um, that if 
Frank, Sh- if if Christopher Bush was reaching out to Frank Sheldon, Frank Sheldon was reaching out to Christopher Bush. We we just we know this um, from from study of the documents and common sense. And do we have a photograph of Christopher Bush with his arm around Frank Sheldon, like we like we have uh, with with um, pictures of Jeffrey Epstein walking with Prince Andrew or whatever? You know, we don't have that sort of smoking gun of a photo that says yeah they were friends um but what we do have and 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 which which might be the heart of the oakland county child killer investigation uh is dozens of redacted documents that 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 have been handed over um and and with the most volatile information uh possibly uh having been having been whited out which is the names of the people connected um, now we know these people were sponsors of, let's say, Frank Sheldon's pornography uh, ring, the, uh, or like in the t- instance of the Boys Farm, they were sponsors of the Boys. That itself, to give money to to the producer of child pornography, so that you may receive child pornography in return, is a fucking crime. There is no reason to redact those documents. Um, when it lists the names of known sponsors, and yet they did so, the, those the Michigan State Police redacted all that information, um, and and they did so to protect the names of the people who are who are connected to the Oakland County child killings, um, connected to the Frank Sh- Sheldon pornography syndicate. Um, and much in the same way, look, there's a lot of people. I'm not going to spread conspiracy on here, but clearly the Jeffrey Epstein alleged suicide looks a lot like the alleged suicide of Christopher Bush. Um, they had that, that guy, the, um, who's that famous autopsy guy. He worked on the OJ case. He, I think he actually worked all the way back to the, um, John Kennedy's, uh, death. He was a young, uh, autopsy guy, Michael Baden. Um, they, they, the, the family of, of Jeffrey Epstein hired this guy, Mike, Michael Baden, who, who worked on the OJ thing and, and all kinds of famous, cases and by the way if you read Michael Baden's book uh, God what's it called blood or something like that um, um, if you if you read his book he, he he concluded early 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 that that OJ was guilty based on um, evidence uh, based on the examination and seen seen evidence uh, uh, of the of the two victims but um, Epstein's family brought him in to do a, an independent review of the autopsy, and he concludes that that Epstein's uh, whatever happened to his neck in the strangulation process is more likely homicide than suicide. There's no way anybody would reasonably say suicide uh, based on what what happened to the bones in his neck. Um, now, that's not for me to talk about. It's not. I'm no expert in the Jeffrey Epstein thing, um, but clearly. Uh, it it's it can be said to be very similar to the whiting out process. You know, Epstein was the list of names, so to speak. Yeah, and I mean, it certainly just raises questions about our prison system if this high-profile person uh, who could potentially implicate other predators is is a, is a not put on stricter watch. How this could happen, you know? Yeah. Um, Definitely, um, and, and much in the same way that Christopher Bush. I mean, there's so many parallels to, in this case. For you, you, you wrote about this case because 
you saw the parallels in the private island sort of world. Um, Gohan, you're you're about to say something. Oh, I mean, it's insane how many parallels there are. The private island, um, the 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 use of planes in terms of this trafficking, sex trafficking. Um, you know, these millionaires' private jets, or you know, in his case, uh, private twin engine aircraft. Um, both cases had a lone female reporter who was just really dogged and pursued the case for years. Um, you know, in, in Epstein's case, that was Julie K. Brown. Uh, and in Sheldon's case, that was Marilyn Wright. Um, it, it, it's, it's very troubling to see because, um, you know, it's, it's so many years later and, and things like this can still happen. And I, I mean, we've had a lot of conversations about why that is, but uh, it just kind of shows you that money, uh, money and power have a lot, uh, offer those who have them a, a lot of protection. Uh, even when it comes to the most kind of horrific type of crimes that, you know, it's, it's, it's very troubling. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.